Hey there, retail leaders. It's Steve Worthy. Before we jump into our episode that I know you are going to enjoy, I've got a little something that I think you'll like. You know how we always talk shop and we share insights here, right? Well, I put together this newsletter. It's called Worthy Retail News. Here's what it does. It allows us to continue our candid dialogue. It's another way for us to provide straight talk conversations and stories and even some more behind the scenes perspectives from top professionals in the retail industry. Just click the link in the show notes to subscribe or better yet, you can go to worthyretailnews.com. It's just that easy. Worthyretailnews.com. Trust me, it's worth a look. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. So what is trust? Trust is something that everybody wants. We want it from elected officials. We want it from our bosses, our colleagues, our friends, our loved ones, right? We even want to figure out how do we develop trust even for ourselves and everything that we do and everything that we say in life. Everything, it's built on this measure, this idea, this concept of trust. Well, there are seven ways. There's probably more, but I'm going to give you seven ways today that you can gain trust, but you can also lose trust. Let's go. Many Americans, I know that this feels like an uncertain and even perilous time. And at such moments, courage is necessary. At such moments, we need courage to stand up to hate, not just in others, but in ourselves. At such moments, we need courage to believe that together we can tackle big challenges like inequality. At such moments, it's necessary for us to show courage in challenging the status quo and in fighting the good fight, but also show the courage to listen to one another and seek common ground. So in the first one, whenever you think about building trust is creating and trying to find common ground. There is nothing worse than when you are in an exchange with somebody and you cannot see some measure of their side of an argument or their side of a situation, right? Even when you try to just initially find, um, uh, that first engagement with somebody and it could be client to client. It could be employee to employee manager, le- you know, leader to those that you lead. It is important that you try to find common ground, some measure of commonality, whether it's sports, children or something, because once you're able to develop some, that common ground, it is truly the foundation for everything else. That is to come. Back in 1943, in Santa Fe, while on a family vacation, the three-year-old Christopher, uh, the three-year-old Jennifer, asks her father when he takes a picture of her, "Daddy, why can't we see the picture right away? Because you know, back in that time, you had to develop the pictures in the dark room before you could see them." Can you guess to what invention this question led? Polaroid, yes, the girl's father happened to be Edwin Lent, the inventor of the instant camera, Polaroid. So, what makes a good question? A good question is a sincere question that comes from genuine interest and curiosity and that seeks for understanding. 
Beware of the Trojan horses. They are suggestions, statements, or、um, critique disguised as questions. You can often tell them apart by the way they are said. Number two. Ask, ask questions, right? I think we are so fixated on the result and trying to hurry up and get to point A to point B. And I say that because I am guilty as charged. I have tried to move through certain situations because I already thought, or I thought I knew the answer. I thought I knew how I wanted the situation to go. How the direction, the resources that we needed, everything. And even sometimes when I first started doing executive coaching, the same thing with clients. Seeing, seeing their, 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 their current situation, having seen it hundreds of times throughout my career, already ha- kind of having an idea of where they should go. And once I started the process, Several, several years ago, of asking more questions, then I realized I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have all the answers. You ask questions to get and build a better rapport. And then, three, you have to confirm. You confirm with whether it's your client, whether it's your person that you're, you're coaching, it's your, your person that you're leading,、um, or the person that's being led. You have to ask for confirmation around the questions or the clarity of the answers that they're going to give you. Because if you don't, then it's almost like you just ask the questions just to be asking the question. And we've all been in those situations before. I know we have, where someone will just ask a question, but they already have their mind made up on the answer. Number four, acknowledge and understand. So, Seek first to understand before being understood. And I think that is a lost art when we think about leadership and we think about building trust. We are so fast to want to get our point across for other people to understand us. And honestly, if you can understand other people quicker, sooner, authentically, guess what happens? There is, a, there is a, the law of reciprocity there where they will ideally embrace who you are and try to understand you even more because now you've built up a, an authentic rapport with them where you have asked questions and you're confirming and you're acknowledging and understanding their, their, their thoughts and their needs. That is so, so powerful. So powerful. When you understand somebody or when somebody feels understood, please don't gloss over number four around acknowledge and understand. So, once you have a better understanding, once you have some semblance of you know,、um, the direction and、um, rapport and relationship that you, you have built, there comes that point in time where you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions one way or the other. And I found that number five works really well in that you have to ask, you have to ask smaller questions, more targeted questions. 
So number two was around asking questions, but those were bigger, broader questions, more kind of rapport setting questions to, to get people comfortable. I do this a little bit in, not a little bit, but I do this in our guest series. So at the very beginning of the, of the episode, we do a rapid fire segment and those are big, broader questions. But what it does, it just develops a rapport with myself and the guests, but also with you and the and the guests as you are listening. And then we move into more smaller, targeted questions. And guess what that does? That allows you, as the individual asking the questions, you can make decisions easier because now there's a little bit less risk involved. You've common ground, asked big questions, confirmed, acknowledged, and understood. And now you're asking targeted questions that whoever you're talking to, whoever you're speaking with, they should feel a little bit more comfortable in answering those questions. A lot of leadership, it seems to me, is leading when you don't know, as opposed <laughs> to leading when you know. Yeah. Now, how do you lead millennials when you don't know? Transparency is a key thing. It's okay as a leader to be a little bit vulnerable to say, uh-huh. I don't have all the data. And by the way, most hard decisions are made without a bunch of data. Leadership is as much about knowing, know thyself. We've, we've mm-hmm. heard this for a long time. Know, uh, have the confidence in yourself to say, I don't know. Have the, the confidence to be self-aware enough to say, mm-hmm. I don't, I may not have this all right, but we're going to take our, we're going to take our best educated guess given the information we have on hand and we're moving forward. I think sometimes people are drawn to authentic leaders who are willing to say, yeah, here's how my life's a hot mess today. Yeah. You know, and because all of our lives are sometimes a hot yeah. mess. Mm-hmm. The closer you can get to authenticity, yeah. even when you're in that leadership position, especially when you're in that leadership position. Number six is just is honesty. This is foundationally probably the biggest issue, of course, with trust, with trust, Right. Go figure, Steve. But there is a lot of power in your ability to say, I don't know. Let me say that again. There is a lot of power in your ability to say, I don't know. How many of you have dealt with a person and you're asking them a question and they always seem to have the answer, always seem to have the answer. And Half the time that answer is wrong. Half the time that answer is flippant. The other half, it is a, a, an answer based out of selfish desires, out of something that they want to see done, not out, not out of the 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 the, um, the ultimate goal that you may want to achieve as a company or as a person, um, as an organization, as a marriage, as an individual, whatever it is. The ability to say "I don't know" is a lost art. It's actually coming back, I think. Let me, let, me, let, me not, let me not say that. I think it's coming back. I think people are, are, are understanding that if you don't know something, it's okay. There's always somebody that does. So, And that is the honesty part. How do you be honest in telling somebody that you know or that you don't know? Or this is the best part. This is the best part is that you can actually find out together. And guess what? Now there's ownership built in that relationship. There's ownership built in that decision-making process 
because you're both honest and you both don't know, now you can work on that together and build and figure things out. You develop in a different level of relationship and, dare I say, a different level of trust. Let's talk about patience for a moment. Patience is what? Learning to handle the passing of time. Now, once you've had an appetite for success and you start going for it, now you've got to learn to handle the passing of time. Here's why. It takes time. It takes time to build a corporate work of art. It takes time to put harmony together. It takes time to build a life. It takes time to build an enterprise. It takes time to get through school. It takes time to develop and grow. So give your enterprise time. Give your business time. If you're in management, give your people time. Here's the ultimate challenge. You've got to have patience with yourself. It takes time to make changes in habit and discipline. It takes time to correct old errors in judgment and to finally give up old blame and pick up new responsibility. I am probably the most, and I won't say the most, but I am probably one of the most impatient people in the world. If any of you have listened to any of our previous episodes uh, around Enneagram and, you know, my type three is the high achiever is to go after it. Let's figure it out. Let's get her done. Let's um, move from project to project, you know, um, result to result. And over the years, I've actually had to slow myself down so that way I can enjoy the journey. I can help others out by slowing down and going through this this process of trust. And this process of trust, the last one, patience, here's the thing. It's not about patience for other people. Actually, 25% of the time, it's probably, it's probably patience for other people. But the 75%, if you will, is patience for yourself. It's patience for who you are, patience for maybe not knowing the answers, Patience for making sure that you're 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 creating the right environment for for trust to abound. Patience in the context of trying to build a better understanding of the outcome that you want, and understanding that that outcome may not come when you want it to come. It may not come when you want it to come. So I truly hope that. These seven ways to build trust has helped you. I hope it has provided you some really good perspective and things that you can apply, things that you can think about right after the episode. Number one, common ground. Number two, ask questions. Number three, confirm and confirm your thoughts with your, with the client, with whoever it is that you're speaking with. Number four, acknowledge and understand. And number five, ask smaller targeted questions so that you can make a better decision. Number six, honesty. There's a lot of power in being able to say, I don't know. And then lastly, number seven, be patient. Be patient with yourself and be patient with others. And this is the way that you build trust in 2021. And as we move forward, in your leadership journey. Okay, okay, okay. Before you go, before you go, 
hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a massive part of retail leadership with Steve Worthy. I got to tell you the ideas, concepts, and also the challenges that you guys face out there as retail leaders. You know, it keeps us going. It is the fuel that helps us um, create these podcast episodes. And we just want to thank you so much. Please, if you have more ideas and things that you're dealing with or struggling with that you want to hear about, let us know as well. Also, if you're interested in working with Worthy Retail, let us know. If you want to learn more about the campus, we have links in the description as well. So, hey, I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day and God bless.